2: You're listening to Side Hustle Pro, the podcast that teaches you to build and grow your side hustle from passion project to profitable business. And I'm your host, Nikayla Matthews Okome. So let's get started. Hey, hey, guys, it's Nikayla back with another solo episode. So this is a solo Q&A episode, and I have been promising, teasing a QA and a episode for months now. So really all year, I don't think I've done one in 2018. And I actually love doing these. So I don't know what I've been thinking or what I've been doing, procrastinating on this for so long. But anyway, thanks for bearing with me and for sending me questions. So for those of you who are wondering how to send me questions or how I choose these questions, really people send me questions at any given time. So there's some of those in there that have come to me via email or Instagram, and I kind of keep track of them. I like to answer questions that I get a lot. So that's when I know that, okay, a lot of people have this question. So I prioritize those. And, you know, I can only answer so many questions in one episode. So if I don't get to your question, sorry, I will try to get to it in another episode. But I really do try to answer things that I think that a lot of people might want to know the answer to and I usually remind people on my IG stories. So check out my IG stories. Make sure you're following me at Side Hustle Pro on Instagram. I also remind people in my Facebook group. So make sure you're in the Side Hustle Pro Facebook community on Facebook. And then again, sometimes people email me questions directly. Those might take some time for me to get back to. So it is your best bet to jot down a question as a response when I ask for it in a poll, like on Instagram or Facebook. But if you do email me, that's just hi at sidehustlepro.co. Now, let's get into some questions. I don't want to waste any time. Got a bunch of good questions for today's episode. So let's jump right in. Number one is... How do you effectively balance a new job and starting a side hustle? How do you handle working a full-time job when you would rather be working on your side hustle? (laughs) Okay, so I know this feeling well. So let's start with the whole new job piece. So first things first, when you start a new job, for those first 90 days or however long your probation period is, your side hustle barely exists. Point blank period You need to focus on keeping this job because just because you have a job does not mean you will have it in six months. You have to really work on hitting the ground running and continuing to impress them because those first few months are still a trial period. Most companies will tell you that outright. Your manager will tell you that outright. You'll have that 90-day check-in where they'll let you know how it's going if you're on the right track and you can really breathe a little bit more after that. So once you know you can breathe a little bit more You can turn your attention to your side hustle after that. And another reason why it's good to just focus on your job for that first initial period is because you want to understand what your schedule is working at this new job. What time are you going to go in? What time do people go in and what time do you want to go in? What time do you get off? What is realistic for you? So then you can start planning your side hustle around this schedule rather than the other way around. Also, know your plan going in. Is this a long-term job? Meaning, are you planning to stay here for a few years to several years, like two to five years? If so, know how long you plan to stay and what you want to learn while you are there. And that, for the person who asked, how do you handle working a full-time job when you would much rather be working on your side hustle? How you do that is, You make a plan of all the things you want to accomplish in that job and all the things you want to learn before you leave. So as long as you have that on the table, you know, okay, I have some goals to check off here. I have a purpose here. I have some things to accomplish. And as long as I have not done that, then you also have a mission at this job. So you have to remember that. And you also have to keep an attitude of gratitude and remember that no matter what that job is, at the end of the day, that is that first investor in your business. It is paying for your side hustle. Without the job, there would be no side hustle. So the two go hand in hand and you have to appreciate both for the role they serve in your ultimate goals. Your job is a part of your side hustle. It is the funding source. So definitely appreciate it for that and never look at it as something like, oh, this is standing between me and, you know, the longtime thing. yes it gets annoying at time. It gets frustrating at time, especially when there are bad days or people who piss you off and moments where you might feel not valued. You might even feel abuse. There are some situations where you just feel that you are in a bad situation. And with that, I say, you know, continue to keep your eyes on the prize Continue to remember what it's there for and know that every single experience is teaching you something. You might not be able to see it at that moment, but I promise you it is teaching you something. Now back to that question of balancing the two, though. Start small. You do not want to jump in thinking you're going to go super hard on the side hustle plus the job. This is not something where you're like, oh, I need to work nine to six, then go home and work six to midnight. No, no, no. I'm a big proponent of the one hour a day strategy. That is what I did. And I break that down in my Goal Getter Action Plan, which I've talked about before on this show. And I will link to this in the show notes, which is essentially I just focus on working one hour a day when I first started side hustling. That could be before work. That could be after work. That could even be on your lunch break. Just focus on breaking down your tasks into, for me, that is 12-week sprints and then using the Goal Getter Action Plan and breaking it down even further into just having one small task to accomplish each day that is leading you closer to the goals you have for that month. And when you do it that way, you break it down into measurable chunks and you also break it down in a way so that you can do something small but see that it has a bigger impact If your task for that day is to send five or 10 emails to XYZ people and these emails are bringing you closer and starting the relationships you need to build something else in your business, all of that is leading to the larger goal to, by the end of the month, have secured this contract or have set up this conversation. You know what I mean? So make sure that you are breaking it down and you're starting small. Do not think you have to do this grind or hustle that's sometimes portrayed on social media. I, you know, was not working burning the midnight oil, except when I was releasing episodes in the very beginning and I was, you know, it was a steep learning curve. I didn't really know how to edit and produce yet. So there were nights when I was up pretty late. But other than that, I was focused on one hour a day. Then it was up to two hours a day and so on and so forth. Another big thing, read your employee handbook, know those guidelines, know what is a conflict of interest so that you can, if you ever are in the situation where you have to defend yourself, say, I've read this, I know that I'm in line with this and this and that. I am in no way, you know, conflicting with the employee guidelines. So you can be able to speak directly and specifically to those guidelines and know that what you're doing is in line with that. Finally, Do not work on the clock. Work before and after work. And when you do it on your lunch break, go off work property so you are off their Wi-Fi, out of the building, so no one can ever confuse the two. People know that when you're at work, you are here for work. And when you're outside the building, it is your time and you're doing things that pertain to your personal goals and your personal business and passion projects. So, find that coffee shop close to your job or find that nook that you can go into close to your job so you can get that done. All right, good luck. Focus on the job. Get a really great 90 day review. Okay, number two someone says, I would love for you to talk about things like health insurance. Okay, cool. Um, So health insurance was something that was very, very important to me before leaving my job. Funny enough, it was important to me because I knew it'd be the first thing my mom would ask about when I told her I was leaving my job. Like, how are you going to have health insurance? What about the benefits? So I made sure that I looked into what it would entail. Now, I went to healthcare.gov, so the healthcare marketplace, as an independent, as an entrepreneur, this is, you know, one of the only options, really. I believe you can also go to eHealth Insurance, but they are showing you the very same plans, actually. So if you're in a state that is not in line for some reason or not offering as many benefits, you can check out eHealth Insurance. But I'm going to be very blunt with you guys. This stuff is expensive. I pay roughly 460 dollars a month for health insurance. That's 10, 20 times what I was paying when I had a full-time job because they subsidize it, right? And what's coming out of your paycheck is nowhere near $460 a month. However, that was something I built into my monthly business expenses before I left. When I was calculating the budget and what I need to earn, that was something that was built in. So it's not, it's not as much sticker shock for me because that is just a line item, right? It's something I was prepared for. And I knew that that's what I needed to be able to cover each month. That also meant that I was prepared to make sacrifices. I talked about this in an earlier episode that I was accepted to and all ready to go on the My Taught You retreat put on by Malik Till earlier this year. However, when I saw how much I would need to have on health insurance and knowing that I would still be getting up and running as an entrepreneur at that time when the retreat was held, which was in January, I knew that I needed to keep that cash. And therefore, I foregoed that retreat so that I could make sure that I wasn't in a bind for cash at any given time and that I was not putting stuff on credit because that is not the life I want to live, putting my business expenses on credit. I only put stuff on a business credit card for the points and I paid off in full each and every month. This person also asked about taxes. So taxes, I am not an attorney. I am not a CPA, so I am i can't delve too deeply into taxes. I have not gone through my first tax cycle as an entrepreneur yet. However, I will say that to be safe, I put away 40% of everything I earn that is overly safe for my tax bracket. However, I want to make sure that I will never owe the government anything. So that is always what I'm putting aside. There are people who also do quarterly taxes. That's something you can also look into. First things first, I would look into getting an accountant to make sure that you are not guessing about this stuff, that you can ask that person all of your questions and you can make sure you are in line before it is tax day. So that is something to research in your community, in your area, before you leave your job. Number four. How do you manage your time and prioritize when you feel overwhelmed with your to-do list? So this is something, guys, that I've been kind of open with. And although I do follow very carefully my goal-getter action plan, it's inevitable that you'll feel overwhelmed sometimes, like it happens to everybody. And that usually comes from procrastination. That usually comes from knowing that I put those things on the assigned dates and then not doing them. And so then things build up. And I try as much as possible to not have that happen. That is why I try as much as possible to break down my goals into really, really, really small steps so that no one step ever overwhelms me or I never have 15 things to do so that I feel like I need to procrastinate. But again, at those times when I feel overwhelmed, I just tell myself that I'm a work in progress. This is all of day one of how many days, you know, left of life and entrepreneurship. And I just need to give myself a minute to understand and figure out how this is all going to work. But the biggest, biggest thing that helps me when I'm feeling overwhelmed is chipping things off one at a time and just trying to accomplish one thing. Accomplishing that one thing helps you to feel confident in yourself, like, okay, I've done this. Now let me tackle this other thing. And usually when you tackle the thing that you're most scared of, after that, you can just breathe a sigh of relief and everything else seems like a piece of cake. A book that addresses this that I really like is called The Slight Edge. I'll also link to this in the show notes. And it just talks about the fact that excellence and mediocrity, they are flip sides of the same coin and It all relates to what you do every day or what you don't do every day and how the little actions that you do every day really can add up to something great. And they're just that slight edge that you get just by chipping things off little by little. So highly recommend that book to get you through that overwhelmed mindset. Hey guys, it's Nikayla with a quick word from our sponsor. Okay. I have a side hustle hack for all to hear, and it's called Skillshare. You wanna know how I grow as a businesswoman? I keep learning. There's not a week that goes by that I'm not checking out a refresher class or a deep dive tutorial. And my go-to is Skillshare. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 18,000 classes in business, marketing, entrepreneurship, you name it. So whether you're trying to start a side hustle or scale your business, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. In the last month alone, I've learned how to set up my email capture landing page on Squarespace and how to boost my email marketing using MailChimp, all through Skillshare. And now, Skillshare has a special offer just for my listeners. Get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Hustle Pro. Again, go to Skillshare.com slash to start your two months now. Number five, what changes have you made when it comes to scheduling content? So it's very cool that you guys are interested in my behind the scenes process. And I'll try to share more of this, especially on Instagram, IG stories. So stay tuned for that. But when it comes to scheduling content, so obviously I have more time now. I have time to sit back and think about what do I really want to accomplish? What do I want to share? What do I want to teach? This is constantly evolving because again, I am a work in progress. So I may have had one vision starting out this year, but then as time goes on, I realize, hmm, this is not This is not coming together in the way that I planned. How else can I do that? What can I do to make these episodes more impactful? Or what can I be asking? So I'm constantly challenging myself that way. I think all creatives and all artists kind of go through that. You'll always look at your work with a more critical eye. So that's one thing that has changed before I even schedule content. Just the way I approach content now, because I have more time, is more thoughtful. I do a lot more thinking about the selection of guests, the combination of guests in a month, and what that episode will teach people. I even, as I'm plotting things out, try to think through what the title of that episode could be before I book the guests. Because if I have the title in mind, that helps me to frame my questions And to also remember what it is that I want this conversation to give people, what information they need to get from this episode. And without having that in mind before, conversations can go off track. There can be a lot of tangents. You can find you don't spend enough time on a topic that you thought was really interesting about this guest that you think you know, that you guys might be interested in hearing about. And so having that title and outline mapped out before I even reach out to the guest, before I even have the interview has been very helpful. But I'll have you know that again, this has been a transformational year for me for a lot of reasons. And as such, I think that the show is in a period of continual reflection for me. And you'll continue to see that shift happen. It's a gradual shift. And because I'm so close to the work, I'm not always sure if other people can see that gradual shift. Obviously, you can hear things like changes in audio and all of that. But the shift in my approach to the guests and my approach to the interviews is way more nuanced and gradual. So looking forward to continuing to get better that way. And it's like casting. It's like being a casting agent, putting people on your casting couch and really making sure that you do that in advance. Because once you reach out to someone, I, you know, will never resend an offer. So you really have to think in advance before you reach out to someone. So that is how things have changed when it comes to scheduling content. Number six, what's one thing you hate sacrificing as a full-time entrepreneur? Oh my gosh, this is, this is super easy to answer. I hate sacrificing human contacts, And I never, ever, ever thought I would say that because as someone who is an introvert, I get my energy from being able to refuel by myself or at home just chilling. I am not the person who needs to go to social event every single night. And needs to be around other people to feel happy or energized, I get my energy from alone time, however, I took for granted how much little pieces of human contact is helpful and refreshing, and I think the mind I think I need that in a way that I never knew, so those things like the chats with coworkers in the kitchen, in the elevator, in passing, saying hi to the security guard. All of those things, it's mental stimulation, it's fellowship. And that fellowship I miss. Even if there are people that I don't miss, that fellowship is missed. So that's something I took for granted. Working alone, working for yourself can be very lonely. And I have to be intentional about going out and getting that for myself. So some ways that I do that now, I've obviously joined a co-working space. I've talked about that so that I can see other humans. Still, it's not the same, right? You don't know these people. You see different people every time you go. So it takes longer and more effort to form the kind of bonds where you're having conversations regularly. And as an introvert, it's not easy for me to just start talking to random people. That's just not my MO. That's not my style. So it is something that I'm continuing to work on. But just being in a space with other humans, especially other women, is still nice to be around. So I do appreciate that just seeing other people and not being just in my home, you know, with just me and my husband. I also miss steps. So that's another reason why I had to go out and join a co working space. Steps, taking steps, like seeing your Fitbit go from 15,000 steps to like 4,000. <laughs> it's, it's, um, that it's startling, right? You also take for granted like, man, it's going to take me a lot to get these steps in. It's going to take me a lot to be physically active unless I actively make plans to like go from here to here and here to here. It's not as easy anymore, but it's so important. You need those steps. The suggested number of steps that everyone should take every day is 10,000 steps. So I have to make sure that I'm not just taking 3,000 steps because before you know it, you are putting on weight, you're unhealthy, you're just you're, your body is not feeling as well as it could. And so those are things that I hate sacrificing. So I go out of my way to make sure that I am being active and that I am getting that human contact because I refuse to let that suffer. Number seven. What podcast program do you use to interview people remotely? I am interested in podcasting. What tools do you use to record and edit? So I use Skype and Ecamm Call Recorder to record most of my interviews with people. All my interviews are remote. No one is in the same room as me. Ecamm Call Recorder is for Mac. If you are recording and you use a PC, you can still use Skype. But in order to record, you would just use the Pamela software that is similar to Ecamm, but for PCs. There are other options that you can use. They use there's Zoom, there's Zencaster, and I've even heard some people use Uber Conference. Zencaster is one that, you know, every one of these platforms comes with some technical limitations. And there are some people that always have issues with Zencaster. There are people who always have issues with Skype. It spans a gamut. I've had times when Skype, for whatever reason, just crashed. Not too many times, thank goodness. In that case, I have tested out Zoom for an interview before, but I think Skype and Ecamm gives the best audio quality so far, says my producer. So I'm going to stick with that. However, I will continue to dabble when needed to see what other software is out there. But that's what I use. As far as editing, I just edit directly in GarageBand. That comes on Mac, but there are other programs out there. I break this all down, actually, in one of my blog posts. So if you'd like to learn more about how to get started, I wrote a guide about this. You can just go to sidehustlepro.co slash how to start your own podcast. And I will also link to that in the show notes. Alrighty, number eight. Someone says, are you doing any more webinars anytime soon? Yes, now that I am back from vacation, I am going to host my next masterclass on launching and growing a successful podcast on Monday, August 13th. So I'll be going over how I built a five-figure podcast starting with only 589 followers and no experience in podcasting, in recording, in audio whatsoever and if you want to stay in the loop and get all the notifications so you don't miss it just head over to co slash podcast 101 you can register there again you can stay in the loop so thank you for asking one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes
0: nice dress uh it's a it's a t-shirt until you tried it on same goes for your health care
2: Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. I and mean, I actually got a lot more questions this go round about podcasting, you know, like everything from how do I choose my questions to all this different stuff. And I didn't want to make this Q&A all about podcasting. so. For those of you who are interested in that, that's where you go, sidehustlepro.co slash podcast 101, because that is for the podcasters. I will give you all the tea at that link and you will stay in the loop there. So shout out to all of you who are podcasting, who are getting started. Very excited at this movement that is currently going on and I'm here to help. All righty. Number nine, how did you develop your business plan? Um, So funny enough, I did not write out a formal business plan. There are some people who do and never actually get their business off the ground. And there's some people who don't and never get their business off the ground. And there's some people who don't and just keep going. And I would fall into that last category where I've written business plans or at least seen business plans before, having gotten my MBA at the University of Michigan. I've definitely aware of the resources and the value in doing that. But for me personally, I felt more empowered and more organized by mapping out my business goals in a notebook, just with pen and paper, mapping out. I actually like to draw diagrams and, you know, my diagrams kind of, sometimes they're Venn diagrams, sometimes they're just boxes with a middle box and, you know, arms shooting out of all the different facets of the Side Hustle Pro, the overall umbrellas. It's kind of like a org chart, I like to think of it as. And then mapping out my goals through the Goal Getter Action Plan, knowing what I want to do each and every quarter of the year and where I want to be at the end of the year and taking courses on pieces of my business as needed. So when it was time to really ramp up sponsorships, because I knew this was a really promising revenue arm, that's when I took a sponsorship course. When I was first starting out and wanted to really think through planning content or understanding how to optimize my blog, how to set up lead magnets, then I took a course on that. And that's where I first was introduced to Maya Elias and her content, because that's when I was just getting started as a blog before I started out a podcast. So these are steps that I took. However, if you would like to do a formal business plan, which I suggest everyone, if you've never done one before, definitely familiarize yourself with that, because although I didn't write it down, that's something that I knew in my head and in general, you know, I knew my my overall thesis statement. I knew what the, the key objective of my business was and all those different pieces because I was familiar with that kind of thinking. Although I didn't go through that exercise this time around. There's no side hustle pro, you know, document 20 pages or 15 pages with everything all mapped out. However, again, to familiarize yourself with the concept and the pieces of that, I would definitely recommend that you go to the Small Business Administration website at sba.gov, click on Business Guide, and you will see resources to write your first business plan. Actually, there are a plethora of resources on the SBA website. Everyone should familiarize themselves and make sure that they are leveraging these resources. And the SBA you can reach out to find your local one from this website so that you can go in person to the workshops that they're having, meet entrepreneurs, get money. This is actually one thing on my to-do list to do more of. By the end of this year, there's a lot of untapped money being given away and not enough entrepreneurs either know about it or make the time to go and get it at the SBA. So from what I understand the same pool of entrepreneurs in every city are, are getting these resources. And so I really hope that everyone will tap into the SBA so that more entrepreneurs will know about it. And I will do the same. Finally, number 10. How do you stop judging your success by constantly looking at everyone else's success? Um, this is a good one. Now... FOMO, fear of missing out, is something that plays into this a little bit, I think. And that's something that I constantly have to remind myself is stupid, (laughs) for lack of a better word. There is nothing that you're missing. And there's also nothing that anyone else has and nothing that anyone else has accomplished that has anything to do with your goals. So... A quote that I always have to remind myself of if I start veering off track and looking at what other people are doing is that what is meant for me will not miss me. What is meant for you is meant for you in the time that is meant for you. Someone else might be achieving something right now and and I'm not meant to achieve that thing right now. So I keep track of myself and keep myself in check By remembering that I have different goals, I have a different plan, I have a different mission in life, I was put here for a different purpose. So what they are doing, what other people are doing has nothing to do with that. And why should I look at other people when I should be keeping track of what I got going on? I also, 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 also remind myself that social media is not real life. So these so-called accomplishments, these so-called great things that are happening for other people Do not give us a window into everything else that's going on. It doesn't give us context. It doesn't help us to understand what is real and what's fake. Case in point, you know, someone who I love, 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 a former guest who actually just tweeted about this is Tanya Rapley. And she talks about the fact that media coverage and and being featured in magazines is not a direct correlation to how much is in your bank account. When she was featured in Black Enterprise, she made $600 that year. OK, so there are people who you'll see and you're like, man, they're killing it. They're doing so well. They're doing X, Y, Z. You have no idea what's actually going on in their bank account. And then there are other people who I know because I interview these people who are millionaires, someone who is coming up on this show you may have never heard of. You will not see her on social media, but she is killing it. Her name is Mary Morgan and I need you to listen to this episode. It is coming out two episodes from now. You need to listen to this woman, okay? The next two people you hear from, as a matter of fact, killing it. And you might not have heard of them because guess what? Instagram is so much focused on like youth culture and what's popping right now, who's the latest like Instagram star, YouTube star, blogger star, who's been picked for this campaign with Target, who is traveling, you know, who's speaking at this conference. And so what I definitely try to remember is like, what does this have to do with generational wealth and building a legacy and, you know, also building a wealth legacy for my family? If that has nothing to do with any of those things, then I do not need to be thinking about it. So, remember that social media is not real life. Also, can we just talk about how we all need to stop looking at other people's successes and other people's lives anyway? Like, I do love Instagram, and I understand as someone who loves social media and loves keeping up with my friends, watching IG stories, seeing what people are up to, commenting. It is a thin line, right? Because you, these, these platforms are designed in a way where you don't always realize the mental impact it's having on you. So it's a slippery slope. But every once in a while, or maybe even daily, we have to remind ourselves that it's not healthy to spend so much time aware of what is going on in other people's lives. We need to unplug and surround ourselves with reality as much as possible. Something that I've started doing is Definitely signing out of my apps multiple times a day if needed. I unplug by a certain time at night and there's one day a week where I'm just unplugged all together because there's no reason I should be so tied to these platforms. The reason that I'm even there every day is because my business exists in large part because of social media. If it wasn't for that, I would be able to scale back even more. But again, my business exists and is very much integrated with social media. But what I tell myself is, again, just to recap, remember that I have different goals. remember that social media is not real life, and stop looking at other successes. If there are things that you know trigger certain emotions in you, don't be ashamed that you feel that way. OK? You're human don't try to hide the fact that oh man i felt a little jealous when i saw xyz or oh man you know for i don't know why but maybe that made me feel a little inadequate acknowledge that and do not beat yourself up for feeling that and then take steps to one maybe remove that trigger for a little bit unfollow mute those profiles for a bit until you kind of figure out how to navigate that i don't i think one thing that people don't admit to enough is that hey you are human and you might feel jealous at times, and this doesn't make you a bad person or a whack person, and it doesn't make you terrible because, oh, I can't see someone else succeed and feel happy all the time. That, that's not what it means. All it means is that you're human, and I think you should acknowledge that, maybe step away from that trigger for a little bit, understand that, hey, what's going on with them doesn't take anything away from me, and I can be happy for others. And I do not have to dim anyone else's light in order for mine to shine. And then once you're able to have these, you know, affirmations, get yourself back on track, go back to following that person or unmute them or what have you. But do not deny your feelings. Do not try to pretend they're not there because that ain't going to work either. Okay, acknowledge it. Do what you have to do to remove that trigger from your life so that you can concentrate on what you need to concentrate on. And when you are ready Introduce those things back into your life when you feel strong enough to look at it without feeling some type of way. And finally, just always be basing your success on your own progress. You are successful because think about where you were a year ago, two years ago. Look how far you have come, okay? I don't care where such and such is or such and such is. Y'all cannot tell me that I have not come a long way. The girl that graduated from Michigan with no job, feeling like such a failure among all her successful peers and was now able to leave her job, work for herself. Like these are the things that I look back at and base my success on, not on, you know, which other podcaster is doing this or who got that deal or who is doing that. No, Nakela is proud of herself for what she has achieved and the growth that she makes year over year. And I am proud of my success because I am basing it on my own progress. So I encourage you all to do the same. All right, y'all, that is that for today's Q&A episode. Check out the show notes for the links for all things mentioned, including how to stay in touch with my podcast webinars slash masterclasses, how to learn more about business planning resources and all of the above, everything we talked about. If you have any more questions, hit me up. Hi at sidehustlepro.co. Stay connected on Instagram and our Facebook community, Side Hustle Pro Facebook community. I can't wait to talk more. Thank you for your questions. Most of all, thank you for listening. Take care until next time. Hey guys!